Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Lore Sports proudly brings to you the best racing podcast in the world. Now, here's your host, Lauren Leach, the color guy, Mark Allen, the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. Hey, Loose Lug Nation, welcome to episode number 80 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. Shout out to Chris for that intro once again. Uh, Mark, when I think of the number 80, I think of Ryan Farrell. Uh, Jesse Smith, who's in a Wisconsin sports truck, we just saw them uh, team up with the Tundra Super Late Models. We'll see them starting on Thursday night here at Wisconsin International Raceway. So Jesse's one of those drivers there. How about Jimmy Horton? Jim Pascal, boy, Jim Pascal's been on a few of these lists here for us. And Tubby Gonzalez, who do you got? Tubby? Who are you calling Tubby? Hey, man, how about Nate Van Wyken back in the day when he ran a super late? He was in an 80 car. Now he's 56 in the in the late models. And he was, uh, bro, Huh? He was 80 for a long time. Yes, he was. And he actually got some victories out of that 80 car. And, then, and he uh, raced a super late model 82. A, a yellow one comes to mind. But that, yeah, is, that, right. is, that is exactly right. And hey, how about Brian Ruffner back in the day? He ran an 80. You know, 80 is really not a popular number, man. I thought they'd find some more, but doing some reference, um, that's, that's about how much I came up with. Flying Brian Ruffner. He was uh, one to watch when he would come around the state. Hey, all them refners do. Hey, uh, you know, Colin was having a good run out at Kakana, and then uh, it ended kind of badly for him out there. But uh, refners sure know how to get around uh, WIR in Wisconsin. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, on today's episode, we will have Matt Panuron, who owns and runs the Tundra Super Late Models. Uh, I'll be joining him for our 15th season, Mark together as announcers at Wisconsin International Raceway. I can't believe I'm saying 15th season. It'll be his 16th, but um, I can't even describe how fast that went. There are fans out there that says that he's got the voice, you know, that, just, that rings the same uh, as like Bob Euchre does for baseball, man. Um, he's got, you know, he's very knowledgeable. And, uh, yeah, if he wasn't out there, we sure would miss him. I, I hear he was going to do some hockey announcing, but uh, – it uh, hasn't come because we're we're selfish and we want him to stay at Kakana and keep doing what he does. Yeah, he does some hockey down in the Dells and big hockey fan and all of that. So uh, glad to to have him on. We'll also talk about the NASCAR weekend at Darlington and then make our picks for North Wilkesboro. How about that? North Wilkesboro back on the schedule. All right, let's do it. <laughs> well, uh, let's bring Matt on. All right. Matt Panier joins us now. Matt, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey there, buddy. Uh, super weekend this last weekend, man. That was a good show you had on Saturday. Thanks. I'm still trying to uh, catch up on my sleep. It's not really happening, but uh, <laughs> I've got until June 10th. <laughs> Well, uh, let's talk about last Saturday. Uh, you guys kind of dealt with everything there. Uh, you guys did a fantastic job of getting through every, everything, but it started with getting weather at kind of a bad time, and then some things went awry. Talk about Saturday there. Yeah, I think, 
you know, typically what we would try to do is maybe condense the practice sessions and, and get closer to starting on time. But with the Mid-Am series there and a lot of those drivers not having raced at WIR and still a lot of our drivers even don't really know the racetrack that well, uh, we decided to, to continue practice on and make sure that guy's got some laps. And I guess that's part of the beauty of starting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon is you've got some leeway. And we noticed that the weather was basically going to be clearing out for the day. So we just decided it was it was best to, to try to start a little late. And really, it, it worked out okay. I mean, uh, the crowd was, was still pretty decent, uh, filled in pretty well. Uh, there were some folks that actually approached me after the race that said, hey, thanks for starting late because we wouldn't have made it on time. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to keep doing that. Uh, they, they do that in the South all the time where they start three and a half hours after they're supposed to. So maybe we're on to something. <laughs> well, uh, after the weather came, racing uh, started a little later than, than you'd planned on, but everything uh, kind of went well until the light switch up in the flag stand decided to stick there. Yeah, uh, a couple weird things happening throughout the day, but when you've been doing this with the team that we have for as long as we've been doing it, we, we just sort of expect weird things to happen. It's always, you never can fully predict what's going to happen. You just have to predict that something is going to happen. So uh, we're always very good about moving with the groove and our team is very good about uh, you know adjusting to anything weird that might happen like a light switch sticking which uh, for those of you that may not know there is an override in the tower but it only overrides if the light is off and the light was stuck on so we would have needed the light to actually be off to be able to use the one in the tower uh, so we <laughs> the safety crew had to go up there Dan Vandalik was up there and they use the pliers to put that thing in to proper position, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that was certainly nothing that we ever expected to see happen. But hey, there's another one for the list. When when I saw that happen, uh, Larry McReynolds kind of came into my mind, and and it was kind of one of those. Have you ever? No, I've never seen that happen. <laughs> it was just one of those bizarre things that happened, man. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, who knows what's going to happen next? You know, maybe we'll have a rainstorm and alligator will fall out of the sky from some hurricane that came from the south, or we'll have something run onto the racetrack. Just, we don't know. Just, just seems to happen. Hey, I noticed this year the car count was down for the super lates, you know, for multiple reasons out there. What's your feelings towards that there, man? It's a weird year, Mark. It really is, and it's not just us. I think you're going to notice a pattern throughout the rest of the year. Um, there are a ton of options for super late model racers in this area. They can't say they have nowhere to race. If you go out west or if you go to the south, you know you might have an option, two options. You have to drive three hours to get there. Michigan's even the same way in a lot of ways. Not here. You can race at Dells, you can race at Marshfield, you can race at Slinger, you can race the Tour, you can race with us, you can race CWRA, you can go to Pro Late Model. A lot of late models can kind of jump between Pro Late Model and Super Late Model. So there's a ton of options, and 
as you know, nothing about racing is getting cheaper. Tires went up again. Race gas is expensive. Uh, just the sheer cost of the car, availability of parts. There's still parts that people can't get. So there's just a lot of things that, that have hit race car drivers over the past couple of years. And it's, it's going to affect car counts tremendously um, just because we're, we're really wearing guys thin. And is that a bad thing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe from my standpoint, you know, it makes it a little tougher uh, that the pool of drivers that I can pull from is, is a bit smaller now. And it's not, like I said, it's not just me. It's, it's Dells. I talked to Jerry this week. He's, he's looking at it the same way. Um, It's just something we're all going to have to deal with. So uh, I think even though the car count was down, when it comes down to it, we had a 20 car field for a super late model race. That was probably one of the better races that we've had at Kakona. Uh, there were good cars all the way through it. So your efforts came from 10th to win. Uh, there were a couple very nervous three wide moments that were very fun to watch. So we watched Dalton Zier come up through the field. So um, really we're just going to focus on who is with us when they're with us and be thankful to have them and, and we're going to put on a show no matter where we go. Hey, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about a few things in, in this uh, discussion here. First was uh, this was the 10th annual race at Wisconsin International Raceway for the Tundra Super Late Models. And you just hit on it. It was one of the better ones uh, this past year. But really, the finishes for the Tundra Super Late Models have been incredible out there. I think back to Steve Apel and Ty Majeski, uh, Prunty and in Majeski and April and a bunch of those guys. Uh, and then talk about Tundra Super Late Models, because you just touched on this thing as well, is the cost and all that and what you provide as a series is very, very unique and uh, does a lot for the, the racing teams and community. Yeah, just to your first point, Lauren, WIR has put on some very memorable races for us. Don't forget the, the race in 2017, too, when – Dalton Zier looked like he was on his way to winning after he set the track record earlier in the day. And then a sway bar bolt broke yeah. and Steve April passed him on the last lap, which was just another very weird occurrence. But uh, just, just something about WIR always, uh, the races kind of make you stay until the end because you don't exactly know what's going to happen. I mean, on that late restart, I thought Dalton was going to, going to have a chance to stick with Sawyer efforts. And then his right front tire goes down and it really just becomes a race from second on back at that point. He fell all the way back to eighth. So uh, you just, you never, ever know what's going to happen. And it's not just WIR. I mean, you look back to our race at Golden Sands last year with John Beal and Jordan Voigt, how good that one was too. So um, we're we're pretty blessed that we have some, some really good races. And uh, to, to the second part of your question, you know, we at Tundra, are very, very conscious and always have been of what the racer has to go through. And, you know, a lot of that could be credit to the Litchfields for the fact that, you know, we've, we were partners with them for so long and, and they know they're racers, right? They're super late model racers. They knew the struggle and we could always empathize with the racer because, you know, we had them as part of our group. And, you know, when my parents and, and Courtney and I took over the series last year, we never wanted to lose that. We wanted to, to, to keep ourselves in the, in the eyes of the racer. 
and, and understand what he or she is going through and the costs and, and the things that they have to do to get to the racetrack and, and to get from week to week. So we try our very best to keep things manageable and it ends up just really being a passion project for us. So uh, essentially we pass tires onto the racer at cost. Uh, we we give them some pit passes, so uh, just $3,600, if you want numbers to it, it's $3,600 to race our seven races. That's four tires, and that's three. That's four tires at the first race, three tires at each race after. That's four pit passes. So, you know, quick math, if you're doing all of that together, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, $5,500 to $6,500 worth of stuff for $3,600 for the year. Uh, just to try to give a racer something to hang their hat on, something they can do for a full season and still come out and race competitively. And, you know, when we when we started Thunder, we didn't pay very well. Uh, we'll be the first to admit it, but the concession was is that we were not charging as much, so we wouldn't pay as much and everything would wash. And, you know, we're still, like I like to say, low-stakes gambling. We're not paying the huge purses, but... You know, for what it's worth, when guys came in through the gate on on Saturday, they paid $700 for their four tires, and they got two pit passes. We paid $400 to start. You know, there's not a lot of racetracks where you could go and only lose $300 if you're going to race. Your super late model racers will attest to that. So we're, we're pretty proud of that, that we're able to keep guys as close to even as possible. Uh, someday I'd love to find a big enough sponsor where someone's guaranteed to make money when they come through the racetrack. But really it comes down to two things that puts money into a, into the pot that goes to the racer and that's sponsorship and it's fans showing up at the gate. It's not pit passes. It's not how many tires we sell. It's not entry fees. It's strictly sponsor money and it's fans. And it all ends up getting back to the racer. That's incredible. Uh, you know, yeah, like you said, the concession is maybe not pay as much, but you also get something out of it to uh, kind of equal out that 400 to start is is just incredible. Hey, one thing I also enjoy about the Tundra Super Late Models is you happen to team up with a lot of the local divisions or the track divisions when you come to the tracks. For example, this past Saturday, you teamed up with the Wisconsin Sport Trucks, the Quarter Mile Late Models. And then also had the Mid-American Stock Car Series come in that hadn't been to WIR since 2015, I believe. Uh, talk about why it's important for you to team up with those local divisions when you come to tracks in Wisconsin and the Midwest. Well, if you haven't noticed, we do take the WIR quarter mile eight models and the, and the sport trucks to a couple places with us, too. And I think that's just a product of, you know, my roots at, at WIR. Um, and, and really, those those WR quarter mile late models are so neat because they they have the opportunity to race at places like Clover. We're trying to get them off to Wausau as well, and, and race on the actual surface that we're racing on too. So, uh, really, just like to see what you know Pete Birkin and that that group have done together there, Jim Duco, uh, to put that class together, and, and really have enjoyed seeing it grow. Sport trucks too. I mean. You see that 27 of those guys and gals yeah. on uh, on Saturday? That's incredible. <laughs> you know, Tanner Fickle and that whole club over there, they're doing a great job too. So, you know, it, it's important because essentially we, we want the local fan to come and watch. You know, we've, we sort of build ourselves at the start as 
a big local show not on your regular local night kind of deal if that makes sense so it's like we're going to come and we're going to put on a show that's just a little bit more uptick than your local show but it's still going to have your local flavor so you know the race is going to be a little bit longer there's going to be some more different more super late model drivers there some different super late model drivers there there might be a couple different classes there but we still want to give the local fans a reason to come out and, and cheer on their hometown heroes you know we don't want to stick those drivers on the sideline because you know they want to be a part of the big event too so uh, we, we work really closely with the tracks on that we work closely directly with the divisions on that uh, Midam would be a great example uh, you know tim tim z and that whole squad they were fantastic to work with and we've already kind of started talking about some 2024 plans of of working together at you know wir again and some more tracks so uh, it, it really just comes down to like i said without without the fan support we really can't do all of these sorts of things so when when we get some nice crowds and we get the people out there they get excited uh we we can put together nice shows like like we did saturday your roots are also involved in the Mid-American Stock Car Series there. You were heavily involved in that at one point. Uh, like I said, they came back for the first time since 2015 and put on one heck of a show there. Um, they, there was an incident on the back stretch that kind of took down the wall there, but the, the whole race, comers and goers, and the top three having that battle for the lead there was another incredible race on Saturday. It really was, and it was it was a nostalgic one too. I mean, if you look at who was in that field, Maxwell Schultz pulls the car out for the first time since 2014. You know, that's where he got his start. You had Bill Pretzel, you had James Swan, Rick Corso, uh, Ron Vandermeer, who's really come on as, as the big time mid-am guy now. So it was really cool to see even Jim Thorson. I don't know if a lot of people caught that. Jim Thorson has been doing that for a long time too, that red, white, blue 99 car. Um, just really cool to see what tim has done with that mid-am series because if you were watching it two three years ago i mean they were they were on the struggle bus and he really turned it around and i'm just looking at uh they're racing at madison this week uh, not sure when you guys are gonna publish this but they're scheduled to go ma uh, madison on friday and i was just looking at you know the guys talking about who's all going to race and it's a lot of guys that didn't come to Kakana. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, when they have a race at Oktoberfest or somewhere where they're going to grab all of these cars, you're going to see incredible mid-amp fields. And, and for me, you know, having been part of the series and, and sort of just watching where it had been over the last couple of years to see some life breathed back into that series is it's so promising and I'm so excited for them. Coming back to the uh, Tundra Super Late Model Series, your next race is June 10th at uh, Marshfield Motor Speedway for the Bev Ashenbrenner Memorial. That's always a special one. Uh, talk about going to Marshfield in a few weeks. Love that race. You know, we never did much for Memorial races. We've, we've picked up a few now. Uh, the Bev was the first, and, and we did that because we were, you know, we were asked to be there by Brandon and the family. And it truly is an honor. Bev was uh, such a special lady. Just that family, so incredible, so devoted to short track racing. So it, it really was a no-brainer for us to be a part of that program when they asked us. Uh, it, we've been building it up. Drivers want to come to that race. We've had some incredible fan support. 
the track itself, you know, Wayne does such a great job at Marshfield. I, I really feel, I really, truly, honestly feel that Marshfield may be one of the most underrated short tracks in the Midwest. I, I really do feel like that because the racing is so good there. It's competitive. There's so many lanes of traffic. You get some really good seats where you can see everything. You can park up top if you want to watch. The food there is good. There's a nice little place to go after the races where you can have some adult beverages with your friends and talk about what happened. It's just really, truly, to me, I feel like one of the more underrated racetracks and a lot of fun. And, and that's a big reason why we're going there twice this year. And, you know, I think with what Brandon and his family have done to build up the Bev Ashenburn Memorial in honor of his mom, uh, we're we're gonna see that race continue to grow, and I think we're gonna have another really really special race this year. Hey man, my, I feel the same way about Marshfield, man. I just love that place. Kind of, you know, they they struggle for car uh, crowd there, you know, but uh, the racing and the track is just awesome. Hey man, something you've been doing for a long time. Thursday night Thunder starts tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Get for another year to get started. Yeah, you know, I I think this year. With who I've talked to, it, it seems like this is going to be a very good year for some of the support divisions, car count-wise. There's a lot of new late models that are throwing their hat into the ring. We already talked about the support trucks. There's going to be a lot of those. There's going to be the WR quarter-mile late models. I think a super late model count still going to be pretty solid, too. you got a few more guys coming in, like Jordan Thiel, that are going to race full-time. Uh, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see who shows up and what shows up tomorrow. Um, I'm kind of a little bit geeked about this late model class because I think this is going to be a really, really good year for it after a couple of years of being down a little bit. So I, I'm really excited. Not only just, you know, a lot of people get excited, super late models, show me super late models. No, I think this is a complete program that with all the divisions. That's, that's going to be really, really fun to watch each Thursday. Yeah, I know I'm kind of biased. I always think it's uh, the best uh, weekly show in the state. Uh, I want to kind of go off of that. This will be your 16th year being the main announcer. Wow. Uh, I'm glad you know that because Kurt asked me about that the other day and I froze up. I couldn't remember how long <laughs> it had been. The only reason I remember it is because this will be my 15th year, and I asked you when you were in your second year out there if I could come out and, and join you, and we've been doing it together ever since uh, but uh talking about 15 years together buddy that went fast oh did it ever i mean um who who would have thought 15 years but i think you're right i think uh the support uh divisions i'm really looking forward to to seeing how these uh shows shake out and and to me also the super late models uh as far as weekly it's hard to beat that show as well yeah, and I think that that class, it's going to be wide open this year. You know, Zero's not coming back. So, you know, you have Ben Outnoven, you got Monday, you have Lowell and Brace and Bennett, you have Steele, uh, you got Maxwell in the 47 car. Uh, just there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of intrigue about who could potentially take that title this year because it is, it is wide open. And I may not have even mentioned who ends up winning it because that always seems to happen when I talk about the racing before the year something i completely miss totally happens so i'm just gonna throw that out there to hedge my bets <laughs> uh one one guy you mentioned there that i saw on saturday and he's been a tundra super late model traveler for a long time is jordan thiel 
I I saw him on Saturday. I had heard through the grapevine that he was coming up weekly. I love that. It's just going to add to the group of super late model drivers, and and he's one heck of a wheel man. Yeah, he really is, and he's he's one of the one of my favorite guys to hang out with too uh, at the racetrack because he just loves it. He loves being there. He loves being competitive, and he gets it. He's not out there to try to set the world on fire to become a NASCAR guy, anything like that. I'm sure if it happened, he'd be happy, but. Just loves being at the racetrack and behind the wheel, being competitive, and you're you're gonna see him competitive this year. I I'm very very confident in that. He is going to put together a good program, and this is his first year racing at WIR full time in a long time, and he's been wanting to, and he's he's going to want to come out and, and show people what he's capable of, and I'm I'm fairly confident he's gonna be able to do it. Yeah, it's so nice to see different faces come in. Obviously, last year, the champion, Dalton Zier. Can Jordan Thiel kind of repeat that as a new face coming in uh, as a good wheelman? Hey, uh, I didn't mention this, but Sawyer Efforts won on Saturday, and uh, he was the first local weekly driver. I know Zier was the champion last year, but really, I mean, historically, Zier hasn't been only that one season that he came up here. He's the first weekly driver to win that super late model show, which was when we, we when I was doing my research, found it so amazing because WIR is one of the trickiest tracks in the state, probably in the in the United States. Why do you think that was, and and um, how was Sawyer efforts able to overcome that and be the first one? Well, I think really if you take a look at it, you're looking at Zier, Steve Abel, Dennis Prunty. Uh, Ty Majeski, Casey Johnson. So guys, when they come and run that race or a red, white, blue race, they're always very, very competitive. So uh, I think that that played a factor into it. You know, obviously uh, Ty's off doing some big things right now. Uh, Dennis Prunty couldn't make it. He had his daughter's graduation. Um, Steve Apel had had run that race at Madison the week before, and then you know Casey obviously with uh, with his issues trying to get back in the race car, so that that really opened things up quite a bit, right? And and I think maybe that might be a part of it, but I'm also going to say this: I don't think there was anybody quite as determined to win that race as Sawyer Efforts was. I mean, I could sense it in him from the moment he emailed me and told me he was coming that he had put a pretty big circle on the calendar and it was going to take some doing to keep him out of victory lane. So full marks to Sawyer and his team. Uh, those guys were dialed in from even before they got there. And I think maybe, maybe that's what played the biggest factor in Saturday's race and, and a local winning is that they wanted it that bad and they went out and they took it. I totally agree with you because we met up with him the Wednesday prior to the race there, and we were talking about how in, in 2021 he almost wins the championship and there were some things going negative, and I saw the look in his eyes of just determination of not only the Tundra race, but Thursday nights he's coming with a vengeance. Absolutely. You can just you can sense it in some drivers some years that, they're not coming to mess around. And I think this is one of those years for Sawyer Efforts and his team that they, they've they got their program to where they're happy with it and they want to prove what they can do. He's going to be making up the trip to, to Wausau 
there in the middle of your schedule. Let's go over the Tundra Super Late Mile schedule. So we talked about Marshfield coming up on June 10th. Then July 1st, you go for the North American Cup dedicated to Carl Wigner at the Dells. Uh, Norway on July 29th for the A main, which I thought was uh, clever. Uh, I have a feeling you thought of that because that just has your humor written all over it. Um, hey, uh, so funny story about that. Actually, I stole that from when, when we ran the Madame days. We had we ran an A main feature back in the Madame days. So just, just took it back. <laughs> then you well, go to yeah. uh, Wausau August 13th at State Park, the, the Rib Mountain Rumble. Um Labor Labor Day weekend, you go to Golden Stands for the Cleaver Classic, and then the Championship Showdown back at Marshfield. Uh, so, talk about more of the complete schedule for for you and the Tundra Superlight Models. From here, yeah, we concentrate a lot in the north. Obviously, Dells would be the the race where we head to the south, but you know, Marshfield twice, uh, Plover, uh, Norway, which. You know, seems like it's a long ride, but it's really not. It's only uh, an hour and a half north of Green Bay, so it's it's really not all that far out there. Um, and then, of course, Wausau, which we're we're hoping that by scheduling the race on a Sunday, it it does rain that Saturday, and we'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, we're, we're try. I guess we're trying to trick trick the weather. And, and see if we can actually get a race in there. But um, just just a complete schedule this year. You know, we were, we were glad we were able to add a seventh uh, because we've had a few racers, you know, curious about doing a little bit more. So we wanted to see what adding a seventh would do. And and we, we think it's a very challenging schedule for, for guys. It's big tracks. It's little tracks. It's tracks where – Momentum's key. It's tracks where grip is key. It's tracks where horsepower is key. So, uh, whoever uh, or whichever team ends up taking the Thunder title this year is is definitely going to have earned it. Hey man, I don't want to you know hit a hard subject here. This is, but I don't know what's up with the Thunder series and the weather. I you know it seems like you're always sweating the weather forecast. Uh, <laughs> we wish you the best of luck on the weather <laughs> on your Thunder series, man. Yeah, you know, one of these days we'll have a nice you know, 75 degree and sunny day, and then the next day it'll be our race day. So um, <laughs> we do what we do. You know, we can't control that. A lot of times we talk about, you know, what we can and we can't control. And obviously we cannot control the weather. All we can control is, is how we react to it and how we work around it. So, um Sometimes we do well, and sometimes it's a swing and a miss. But really, at the end of the day, there, there are things that we have to look out for. We have to make sure that nobody's traveling too far and on a day that we know is going to be a bad day or if we know that it's not going to be a very fun day to sit out in the stands. Uh, we have to be very cognizant of that, too, because, you know, we don't want, don't want fans to sit there all day and burn up a Saturday or a Sunday or, or whatever day and then, Obviously, you know, like I said, our our program's very heavily reliant on having a good crowd too. So, you know, we don't we don't want to short the drivers by by having an event when maybe we shouldn't. So, just uh, can't control it, but we can do our best to control how we react to it and react to it the best we can. Yeah, that's all you can do. Uh, well, hey man, uh, we appreciate your time so much. Glad to get you back on here. Um, Again, talking about Tundra Super Late Models, WR Racing and Racing in general. Um, 
you and your family are special people, man. I, I appreciate seeing you and your family at the, the racetrack and uh, not many people know what goes into trying to run a series. So uh, thank you for all that you, your family and everyone involved in the Tundra super late models is doing. It's incredible. And uh, Hey, I'm looking forward to uh, season number 15 with you tomorrow, starting tomorrow night, buddy. Well, thank you guys as well. And I just want to compliment you on, on the podcast. You guys have been doing a great job, not only with the podcast, but at the racetrack as well. And uh, obviously it's an honor to work with each and every Thursday too, Lauren. So um, keep up the good work. Keep fighting the good fight. Love, love what you guys are doing. You're doing fantastic. And I just want to give you my compliments and tell you to keep pushing on. Well, thanks, man. Uh, We appreciate that. Uh, Thank you again. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Yep. Thanks, Matt. See you tomorrow night, man. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Lauren. Man, it's amazing when you get talking with Matt how quickly a half hour or so goes by. I mean, just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I I said at the end of the interview, I hope it didn't come off as negative. I wanted to show all that he dealt with on Saturday, the wall, the light, the weather, uh, and then you mentioned car count, um, how tough it is to, to run a series. I really wanted to hammer that home. And what they're doing is so awesome. There's other series doing similar things. We're so thankful for all of them. But um, being his teammate for 15 years, I wanted to hammer home how hard it is to run something like that. And him, Courtney, his mom and dad, family, everyone involved in Tundra Superlay Models is doing an awesome job. And they were throwing some curveballs the other day and will continue to be throwing them in the future, unfortunately. Yep. So, you know, behind the scenes, we see how much of a challenge it is to, to pull that off. And, hey, man, if you weren't on that Saturday show, man, you missed a hell of a show, man. That was really good stuff out at Kirkana. That was awesome. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So Sawyer Efforts becomes the first weekly driver to take home the Tundra Super Late Model Race at Wisconsin International Raceway. Hard to believe for me because WIR is one of the trickiest tracks probably in the country. I think I said that to Matt Um, and, and Sawyer was just so determined that he was able to get it done. You know, I saw something out there Saturday. I saw some really aggressive racing uh, more that you normally do. Hey, there's no points on the line. Just like, you know, when NASCAR doesn't have points, it seems like, you know, the racing is aggressive and it sure seemed to be working out that way. There was a lot of locals out there and there was some moves that were being put on just like, hey, I don't know if I'd see that on a Thursday night, what they pulled off. And, uh, yeah, Sawyer Efforts, man. I guess we're supposed to be at the shop tonight because we're good luck charms for him. He says we're supposed to go out there every Wednesday since we showed up there last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how funny. We uh, had him on, and he kind of talked it into to existence there. Um, unbelievable. Great, uh, great showing for him. And then Maxwell Schultz, who's a regular, he took home the – uh, Mid American Stock Car Series race there, which was great to see a battle between uh, him, Pretzel, the Franklin Flyer, Bill Pretzel. Great to always see him there. Uh, I believe Vandermeer, Ron Vandermeer, took third there, and James Swan fell back to fourth late there. But that top four, well, what a group of drivers at the front there. Hey, but that familiar 34, the old black and orange man, wasn't that familiar and everything like that? And Yep, uh, Maxwell shows, showed us that how he can uh, boogie around that place, man. 
And not only did he win the Mid-American Stock Car Series, but we have to mention he finished second in the Tundra Super Late Model race as well. Yeah, it was something. He kind of fell back, uh, you know, in the mid part of the race, but then all of a sudden it came back to him, man. And wow, yeah, he popped a second place out of that really good run. Good day for him. And then how about Rick Spoo and Tim Bauman taking home the quarter mile late model races? That was for points. There is points with the Tundra Super Late Models, and some of the weekly drivers that were racing at right, WR right. are teaming up with some other teams. So points did matter to some of those, but. Um, really points in the quarter mile late models. Their their season started on Saturday. So well, well, Tim Ballman in the modified division is the only one that's a participant out there because he didn't have no front end on the front of his car. But he he had track position, man. And he showed it that uh, that he can get around that track, man. Going to be an interesting year out there for them outlaws. Absolutely. And then uh, Kyle Quella taking home the win in Wisconsin Sport Trucks. I was hoping to find him after the race. Unfortunately, we did meet up with the top three in the Tundra Super Late Models, but our audio connection with the microphones I had must not have been tight, and unfortunately, we lost all of those. But, uh, uh, you know, congratulations to all the top finishers and all the divisions there. And Kyle was one that I really wanted to um, interview because it's been a little bit of a rough stretch here the last year, year and a half, and it seems like he is another one who I talked to at the pit party last Thursday that has some confidence behind him. Well, he's an old track champion from way back when, you know, and then it's kind of been working on this and that and the other. But, uh, hey, he should be the, one of the top contenders out there, man. We'll see how that goes. Absolutely. Uh, but, what? yeah, what a great show. The Panier family and everyone involved does a great job. I can't say that enough, you know. One of the cool moments for me, I just want to say this, is uh, we have had some momentum this year, Mark. And uh, Matt's mom, we saw her going into the, the gate there, and she yep, gave me a big yep. hug and said, I am so proud of you. And it, it there was uh, a leaky tear that shot out of my eye. That meant so much to me. There's there's such a great family, and that meant so much to me. I almost brought a Kleenex with me, man. Next time, I'll, uh, I'll stuff it in my pocket in just case. But, yeah, yeah, they were sprinkling some sugar on you. So that's good stuff, man. That's uh, uh, well-deserved. You, uh, you, <laughs> you're usually picking on me, so that's why I'm usually crying. No, well, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> what could I say about that, huh? It's what I do, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I appreciate all that uh, you've done to to bring us where we are too. So That's but, uh, I just want to recognize that because I thought that was a cool moment. But um, yeah, just a great show. Con- kudos to everyone involved in, t- in Tundra Super Late Models. Their next race is June 10th. Uh, we mentioned that with Matt at Marshfield, Mo- Marshfield Motor Speedway for the Bev Ashenbrenner Memorial. And I will be there. I'll probably be the first one there, last one to leave, just like I always do. So, yes, that is on my my list, and I will be there front and center. It's a possibility for me. We'll see how how it shakes out. But Hey, the last time we took the camper up there, and we stayed oh. up till, we, we, till the sun came up and told us we should go lay down for a little bit. Kind of hung out with the fields, you know, and uh, they were camping up there, and we had a good evening up there. So, uh, hey, man. <laughs> It might not take much, so I'll go haul the camper up there and let's do a later, late nighter. That was one of the most fun nights, I'll tell you. Marshfield puts on such a great show there. They don't get the um, crowd that they deserve all the time, but 
they put on such good racing there and that was a fun night we were just talking with matt about jordan theo in that interview and uh jordan and mallory came over and yeah i think what time did we end up going to bed four o'clock maybe well jordan he raced all night real hard so he couldn't kind of hang with us man he kind of sunk into the lawn chair that night but uh but yeah, uh, Mallory stayed up with us, and well, I think once when the sun kind of got in our eye, I think we decided like oh, I think we've gone far enough here. So, but, uh, but yeah, we made a good night of it there. Good fire and all that. Good, good talk and racing and stuff. Yeah, we might have to do that again. I gotta. Okay. Check out, yes. I gotta check out this guy. We'll see what happens here. All right, man. <laughs> Well, let's get into the uh, NASCAR weekend at Darlington, Mark. Uh, truck series, we'll start there. Uh, Ty loses power steering early. Klagerman was smoking, and then Poole also had an issue just in a short amount of laps there. Yeah, well, next time we'll talk to Ty, see if he had to go to the gym and carry weights because drivers were sort of like Michael Walter was saying, you ain't going to go much further by manhandling without power steering. And I thought Ty went further than what he did, but uh, – Man, think about driving around that Darlington of all places with no power steering, man. That's just crazy. That is unbelievable. Uh, Christian Eckes would go on and win the stage over Heim, Benedetto, Byron, Enfinger, Josevar, Friesen, Bubba Wallace, Sanchez, and Purdy. Yeah, Bubba Wallace even in there. So, yeah, there were some cup drivers that were running around on that, the Darlington truck race. Yeah, yeah, there was a few of them. Uh, boy, in stage two, what a save by Sanchez. He got into Taylor Gray a little bit and almost lost it himself. Uh, he was racing a Mario and Andretti scheme, and Mario was in the booth as that happened. Mario was great when he was up there. Doesn't Mario look good? He looks, he looks awesome. awesome. He's awesome, boy. And I tell you what, he was talking about racing. He goes, you know, the itch never goes away, man. So kudos to Mario being shown shows up there, man. That was really cool stuff. That was awesome. Uh, Byron would win the second stage over Eckes, Heim, Josevar, Bubba Wallace, Garcia, Friesen, Enfinger, Timmy Hill, and Taylor Gray. Yep. So, hey, Garcia, you know, he was hanging around in there. Boy, that kid is doing good, you know. 18 years, I think he's graduating this week, I think. So, um, amazing with him. He's been doing a super job. I agree. We've seen his talent up, up close, so we know he's got it. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's for sure. Uh, Crafton would have a big moment. Zane gets in the back of him and hits the wall. They collect Purdy and Howard. Crafton would be okay. He got hit in the right rear there just a little bit, but Zane Smith was uh, damaged pretty good, and so was Purdy and Howard. Well, Crafton just playing chopped them, and then that brought that all on. So, yep, few got wrecked on that one. And I had Zane Smith there, so that hurt me a little, just a little bit. Oh, it's, the whole year has been just a little bit for you. Just, just a little bit, Lauren. <laughs> mm. Uh. <laughs> Truth and Josevar make contact. Josevar goes around, and then Heim stayed out there. That was uh, that was strange. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you still with old tires at Darlington. I don't think I like that combination. I don't think that's going to work real well. No. Uh, Allen spins, and then a little while later, Timmy Hill spins with two to go. It would go into overtime. And we love overtime, don't we? <laughs> kind of. Maybe not at Darlington, though. <laughs> yeah we talked about that in the past uh yeah 
Uh, Garcia gets loose and spins, hits the inside wall. Others get a piece of that. Hyman Sanchez barely squeezed by. Yep. So then we had to go to another green white checker, you know. So let's do it again. Let's play two times two. Uh, end finger in the wall, pretty good. Sanchez had some decent damage. At first, they say he didn't take the white, but then they say he does. And the he we're talking about is Christian Eckes, who takes the win. You know, and when they said he didn't take the caution, like, what are you looking at? You know, it, where it all happened, everything like that. But all of a sudden realized that they, uh, he caught the, he caught the white flag, so that ended the race. Yep. Uh, so Eckes beat Friesen, Tanner Gray, Byron, Hosevar, Carruth, Bubba Wallace, Heim, Honeycutt, and Thompson. Tanner Gray, third on a podium, dude. Good run for him. Awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Um. Both of them really have – you've been seeing the progress with both Tanner and Taylor lately. Yeah, they need a little more, though, they're, you know. To, but the, what they're getting is really, uh, really impressive. So, Absolutely. Well, then the Xfinity Series uh, races, and Sammy Smith would save his, car tw- uh, save his car twice in the first nine laps. One, a caution came out, and one, it did not. The one that came out shouldn't have never even been there. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I think, I think they all thought that he was not going to catch that. He was going to fly back out on the racetrack, but he caught it, you know, proved that he's a wheel man. But, uh, yeah, there shouldn't have been a caution for that on lap three. Yeah, tough tough to say. They try to do their best there, but, yeah, it didn't. Somebody uh... bumped the button, you know. They got their finger on the button, and somebody just kind of bumped it. And, Oops, well, and it was on. Herps gets up in the wall. Car was hurt pretty good. No caution. A little while later, he has a tire go down and hits the wall again. Uh, also, no caution on on the second time around for him. But yeah, the car so, was pancaked. It was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he hit that pretty damn damn good. So yeah, he drove. Uh, you know, even the uh, Allgaier, he he was driven into and everything. Hey, you know the lady in black. She seemed to be just a little bit ornery on the Saturday show, man. She just like. Uh, um, she kind of showed, showed herself on Saturday for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Jeb Burton would go around, and then Larson takes the stage over Nemechek Hill, Custer, Mayer, Truex, Creed, Jones, Hemrick, and Moffitt. Yep. So the, the, the fastest ones were up front, and then uh, Allgaier, my pick, got nailed for speeding after that pit. So he had to start stage two from, from the back. Yep. Uh, Heim, Retzloff, Barry were three wide, and it didn't work. Retzloff goes around with some decent damage. How do you go around Darlington three wide, dude? You know, and and then <laughs> you didn't even go three wide. Boy, the camera was right on it, man. You're just like, well, look at this, and and uh, yeah, Retzloff got the dirty end of that one. They uh, they were taking tips from you, buddy. They uh, they knew where to focus. <laughs> I. I tell myself to focus at least once a night. So every event, there's one time I tell myself, you need to focus. <laughs> uh, Kligerman had an issue, and unfortunately, Alfredo had nowhere to go. They got some uh, damage there. Yep, yep. He just ran right into them, didn't, didn't, have a, didn't have a clue, and couldn't slow down fast enough. Got damaged. Yep. Creed got a big run into three, but slides up into Nemechek. Creed would go around. And it becomes a big one. Hill spins. Jones gets a piece. A lot of others 
uh, get a piece or a spin as well. It was uh, it kind of looked like Talladega there for a moment. He says, "Hey, Creed's doing three for one. Can he do it? Can he do it?" And he just he just couldn't hang on to her and went up. And yep, the the Darlington big one, man. There, there was a parking lot. There was everybody flying all in every different direction. Yep. Uh, Ellis would cut a tire and slam the wall, and then Ty Dillon spins, but there's no caution. Nemechek with a last corner pass on Larson would win the stage. Nemechek, Larson, Elgeyer, Mayer, Custer, Hill, Sieg, Barry, Kligerman, and Sammy Smith, your top ten. That was good racing between them two, man. It was uh, it was super. And, uh, yeah, maybe I have a bumper cover that uh, Nemechek pulled that one out. Ryan Sieg's appears to have an engine issue. Then his brother spins out. That was a bad lap for the Sieg's. That was with 11 to go. But you forgot, though, at the end of the stage, Larson got pinched for speeding, and he ended up going back to 30th place. And if you watch the tow, oh, by the way, didn't you have Larson as a pick? And I'm sitting there going, I got all guy, I got you, buddy. And else I just watched Larson go 20th, 18th, 17th, 14th, 12th, 10th. You know, Larson was the fastest car out there. It was amazing how bad, how much he got back into the game. It would have been interesting if that caution didn't come out with 11 to go, but he was still fast enough where he could have had a shot at it. Uh, maybe not the win, but definitely a top five. But he, it would have been close. Oh, my God, but he was just amazingly how fast. You know, he worked that turn one. He, he took that turn one, and he went higher than anybody and then hooked that down in turn two, and that was just unbeatable, man. I mean, it was just. He knows how to get around Darlington, man. He just had the momentum. He's got that place figured out. Yep. Uh, Larson would get a run through one and two and get to the inside of Nemechek. There's contact in a turn three. Nemechek gets back to his inside. Larson bounces off the wall. Nemechek spins, hits the wall, and Larson wins. What a finish. I don't think they would have wrecked if Larson didn't bounce off the wall, you know, and then – and it was amazing that Nemechek slid across the, the line at fourth place. Um, man, good racing. But you know what the best thing about that whole incident was? Is Nemechek got out and he smiled and said, that's good racing. You know, nowadays, anybody that loses or doesn't, you know, it's just like they, they're moody and it's, you know, Nemechek was a breath of fresh air. It was like, hey, he took it for what it was. It was good racing. He didn't win, and I love his reaction, man. Um, really refreshing to hear that. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was interesting because one angle of the incidents I saw, it looked like Larson bounced off and got into Nemechek. But I think Nemechek was still coming up at the same time and probably was gauging off of where Larson's car was. Because it almost looks like Nemechek would have probably got into Larson regardless. I, the angles were kind of weird there with TV, but either way, fantastic finish. Uh, I, I agree with you. So refreshing to hear Nemechek say that. And um, what a battle between those two all day, minus when Larson had to come through the field. Yeah. Have you mentioned the top 10 for the Xfinity Series yet? Not yet. Uh, Larson, Elgeyer, Custer, Hill, Nemechek. Josevar, Barry, Mayer, Grala, and Heim. So Nemechek, they looked at it, and he got fifth instead of fourth. 
you know, the host of our, when that big pileup was, and there was, he was following behind somebody, and that dude got picked right off, and Hosevar just all of a sudden, he should have been in it, and he ended up finishing sixth. That was really something. Hey, Josh Berry was horribly loose all day, and somehow they've tightened that car up, and, they, and you know, he got a top ten out of it. And, uh, hey, um, Grala, Kaz Grala gets a top ten. Good for him, too. Yep. And Haim in the Xfinity Series inside the top ten, so – um yeah some players there at the back half of the top 10 that you don't always see up there or they yeah, don't race Xfinity all the time yeah Haim you know he's been trying to learn that Xfinity car and he's been a little bit of a weapon lately you know he's gotten himself into some situations so um hey he was the same way when he ran a super late back in the day and I think he was that way in the K&N series that he was you know just over the limit of causing some incidents and um, I bet you when Corey Heim figures out Xfinity car, man, he's going to be a, a dude that's uh, going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I think he's been racing pretty well in the Xfinity series, running into a, a few issues there. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. When when all the pieces come together for him, is he's going to be a player in it. We've seen his talent, man. He's going to make it to the top also. Yep. And then the Cup Series raced. Uh, there was fluid on the track uh, pretty early there, and Hamlin brushed the wall. The car was hurt pretty much all day. He really didn't get outside of the top 15 um, very much at all after that. But that was your pick, and so then we definitely know with my pick that that was going to work for you, so it gave you some character so you could move on from stage one. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, if you if you've lived if if you lived the Cup Series between you and me, it is just amazingly hilarious of what's going on between our picks. Well, you keep mentioning that. Do you want me to bring it up? It's yeah, bring it up. I, I it's amazing. Well, I mean, I've got I've got good good finish or good position, good good everything that's going on. And either a caution comes up or something stupid that happens or I finish one position behind you. It's just been crazy this year, man. I just like jaw dropping. Can't believe what's going on. So, and that's my, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out here. So there has been 13 races for the uh, cup series here. Uh, Mark, you won the Daytona 500 by finishing 12th with Kevin Harvick. And you won the Las Vegas race by finishing 14th. Uh, so those are the two. And that's, and that's it. And I've been and picking it. first. I've been picking first every week since then. And I have come up. I've been coming up with stones. <laughs> so you have two points there because your driver didn't win the race. I have 14. I have three wins in the Cup Series. Um, your average finish is 21.23 and my average finish is 7.38 uh so that's the that's the cup series there i, mean, I hate talking about that by the way because it's gonna flip around and right. you were out to a big lead two years ago and i caught you so i i'm laying off of that i am nervous still about this season our xfinity and 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 uh, truck racing both of us are bright equal everything's cool with that but when it comes to the cup cup side it's just amazing what kind of adventure that I've been living on Sundays. 
Yeah, we can go over the truck and stuff quick and take a quick peek at it. I haven't broke my TV yet on Sunday. <laughs> Not yet. So the uh, truck series, you have seven points to my five. You have an average finish of 7.33 to my 8.67. You have three drivers that have actually won the race, and I have zero. In the Xfinity series, you have seven points, and uh, two of your drivers have actually won the race, and an average finish of 6.55. I have eight points. Two of my drivers have also won the race. And I have an average finish of 10.55. So I've got the averages on you on both of them. But when it comes to the Cup Series, man. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one for the Xfinity Series because you have an average finish of, you have four four positions better than me in an average finish, but I have one more point than you. That's something as a stat guy that sticks out to me. Yeah, well, Couple DNFs in there thrown in there also, so yeah. that all that all screws that up too. Well, and but, wins counting as the two points instead of one that throws that off too. But anyway, when I get to the cup, well, I'm, I'm going to make another cup pick this week, so we'll see whose career I'll end this this <laughs> this week and send them on a tailspin. How's that? So to end this rant, um, to end it, uh, it's uh, 27 points to 16 points in my favor there, but. Uh, since you were talking about it, I guess I, I brought it up to see. But we're not halfway through the season, so hey, keep keep on swinging. There's so much. That's why you keep saying this, and I'm like, you were up 14 to 1 on me two years ago to start the season, and I came back to win. I mean, I I am so still nervous. I tell you every week, I'm nervous. There's a long season, and you're sitting there and – well, there's a there's a prime rib online, ain't there? There's a prime rib up at the Black Otter. Black I Otter. That, I'm going to go with that, the ribeye. I'm going my, with the ribeye. Okay, but that's what's on the line, people. That and that that's worth fighting for. And a few and couple old and some old fashioned. So yeah, it's worth fighting for. So I'm going to get back on the Schneid. We're going to make a big comeback starting this week, right here. Well, I'm afraid of that, but uh, all right. So here we go. It's all about me, Lauren. <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, back to how about the, the cups, uh, how about the cup series from Darlington? What happened there, man? Yeah, Truex won the first stage over Byron, Bubba Wallace, Chastain, Bush, Keslowski, Stenhouse, Harvick, Reddick, and Bell. Very vanilla. Very vanilla. Truex just took off. Everybody was minding their P's and Q's, no incidents, and we just went right through stage one. Yep. At the end of stage two, Truex gets to the inside of Chastain coming to the end of it and um Chastain bounces off the wall and Truex spins. So tight racing there. Unfortunately, uh, mishap there um, for just that uh, stage point. Yeah. Well, once again, Chastain is uh, Chastain's getting fingers pointed at him again. Once again. Uh, Chastain, Bush, Larson, Byron, Kozlowski, Bell, Harvick, Blaney, Stenos, and Truex were the top ten. A lot of typical drivers there. Yep. That all looks like pretty normal stuff there. Yep. Uh, Jones would spin on the restart out of two. He loses a wheel and collects a bunch of drivers behind him. Another big one. Yeah, it was really weird. All of a sudden, that tire just took off on him. And, and uh, yep, another kind of a big one from Darlington there. Crashed a lot of cars. And we weren't done. Truex and Logano made contact on a late restart. That collected a bunch more in front of them. Larson and Truex made contact as well as Chastain brushed the wall. 
Yep, so another pile up. Yeah, so that's hey, like I say, darling, the, the lady in black was just a tad on the ornery side this time, man. Um <laughs> let's let's get all set up for Labor Day, man, when they come back for the five hundred. <laughs> yeah. And then Chastain squeezes Larson on a restart this time, but it doesn't work. They're in the wall. Uh they both had pretty good damage. I tell you what, all of a sudden when uh, Rick Hendrick came out this week and he pointed a finger towards Chastain and telling that his guys are going to, you know, they're going to have to hold their own ground and everyone's like they say, when, when Mr. H talks, people listen. And he had a stern, stern conversation that was there, you know, back in the day when Earnhardt, okay, I'm going to, you know, go Earnhardt senior, you know, with his chrome horn, he drives just about like Chastain, and people would point the finger, you know, and Chastain's a villain. You know, every racing series, wherever you go, there's always a good guy, and there's always a villain. And, um, you know, Chastain is just a whole line of guys. You know, there was Ernie Irvin back in the day that, you know, where he had to stand up in front of people and apologize. I see a lot of Ernie with Chastain. He's aggressive, um, not afraid to use a chrome horn. That incident that he had there with Larson, it just wasn't going to work, man. He just slid up the hill and he just kept going and turned himself. Um, you and I talked about this last week. Just like I would not defuse the guy. Now, um, the 31 team, the owner, and the whole works has all gotten together and trying to trying to bring this all back in. You know what I would do? You know what I would do if I was uh, the owner of Chastain's car? I would paint it black, just like uh, just like Senior, and say, "There's your another intimidator," and let him rip. So, before you uh, were saying that, I wanted to say I don't want to make any comparisons to Earnhardt, uh, but it when when Rick Hendrick was talking, actually, let me back up. When the incident happened. So bef the lap before that, the restart before that, Larson kind of squeezed Chastain in the wall. But they made well, it. They made it through. Made Larson, it through. Was, Larson was respectful enough to keep hold his lane. Yep. Okay, Correct. I agree with that. So then Chastain just went a little bit over the line again. And then the first thing you hear Cliff is Cliff Daniels, which is Kyle Larson's crew chief, saying, that is three – why would he wreck us on purpose? That's three races he took it out of us out of. Thank you, Chevrolet. And all the stuff he goes off. And then you hear not only Rick Hendrick, but Jeff Gordon gets together and say similar comments. And that was the part that reminded me of Earnhardt. Because remember when Rick Hendrick made a comment when Jeff Bodine and Earnhardt were getting together. Now, this is more of your prime than it was probably even before me that this was going on. Yes. More early for me that... Um, Rick Hendrick said something very similar in a very similar manner about Earnhardt. It that that is the part that I want to compare because when you think about Ross Chastain and Earnhardt, to me there's not a whole lot of um comparison other than they they were both aggressive and maybe the comparison is when Earnhardt was just starting cuz he kind of had a little bit more of that in him than as he got going. Now, would he move you for the win? Sure. But that's where I was going with this is more often than not, if Dale moved you or rattled your cage, I guess we'll call it, he would go on and win the race. Whereas Chastain is kind of ruining his own race at the same time. 
he needs to figure that out. But but you know what? It's full circle. I I've seen this thirty years ago. You know, or and and back in the day, I did I did not like Dale Senior's driving style. I just didn't. Um, after after he passed away, you know, after and then and there was something missing that was there that you always was looking for the intimidator. Um, but it's full circle, man. Um, people are pointing fingers at Chastain just like back in the day when they pointed at Earnhardt, you know. But uh, Chastain, yeah, he needs to finish the deal and win the races, and then that'll really get in our craw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so to me, it's hard to compare Chastain with Earnhardt. I think it's separate situations unless you want to compare Earnhardt's early career, maybe. Yeah, um, but, but it isn't It isn't a comparison between the drivers. It's the people that are talking about what, yes. what's going on, the, the finger-pointing and saying, you know, this and that. Um, that's where the comparison comes out. No, Chastain is nowhere near as good as, as Senior was, but the retaliation and the finger-pointing is something that I've seen 30 years ago. Yes, and that's where uh, what I said about Rick Hendrick. What he yep. said reminded me so much of that interview when they interviewed him on pit lane. Strange enough. Uh, no, I don't think it was. I was going to say, wasn't it after um, Wilkesboro that they interviewed Rick Hendrick and he made that comment, which we're going to next, but I don't think it was because Wilkesboro was the incident where Earnhardt and Bodine got together, but Bodine was dr driving that. Was it the Bernstein 26, the Quaker state 26? I forget who the owner was. Sure Bernstein was got in it after, but wasn't that Ricky Rudd? That was Ricky Rudd. Well, maybe that was Rudd. That was Rudd in the, in the Quaker state 26. I got Rudd. that picture right over here in the man cave. Because Earnhardt yes. got taken out, and that's why it's down here. <laughs> you are right. It was Rod. Rod yeah. in the uh, Quaker State 26. That's iconic. And yeah, I'm sure is. we'll be seeing a little bit of that leading into North Wilkesboro here. I'm sure you might see a highlight of that from the old Wilkesboro. Man, Wilkesboro put out some good racing back in the day. And like Dale Jr. said, hey, this track went away, and that shouldn't have happened. But, uh, you know, it's it's not in a big metropolis or, you know, it's kind of a off the beaten path. Um, but uh, it's so cool. It brought it back, man. They're running they're running the Stars Super Late Series there, and there's some late model racing going there. They're, they're using the facility big time this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we move on to Wilkesboro too much, I got to uh, say that Byron would go on and win the race over Harvick, Elliott, Kozlowski, Bubba Wallace, Burton, Bush, Haley, Blaney, and Busher. Um, Byron, remember, it was kind of redemption from last year when him and Joy Logano tangled and Joy Logano retaliated uh, and, and went on to win over Byron. So Byron got that win and kind of redemption for that 2014. That was pretty, yeah. Once when the one and five took each other out, you saw the you saw Byron in a twenty four just cut low and just scoop right on by, man. And that was the move in the race to let him win that race. So, um, yeah, Byron gets redemption from uh, last year's race. You know what else I find strange that I've kind of been looking at? I mentioned it earlier in the season, where there was one week where it seemed like everyone that had the last name start with a B finish inside the top ten. Um. It happened again. You got Byron winning. Um, you got uh, Burton, Bush, Blaney, and Busher all inside the top 10. And uh, it seems like if you have a last name B, there's one week where you're really, really good inside the top 10. And then if one has a problem, it seems like all of them are outside the top 10. It's uh, 
nothing special, but just something that I have saw a few times now. Yeah, that's for sure. Bubba, Bubba in fifth, yeah. And then, hey, Burton, sixth. You sure haven't heard much about that 21 car, but guess what? He got track position, and he kept it. And that's a good sign. We know Harrison Burton's a really good driver, man. Um, it sure has been taking him a while to figure out this. But, uh, hey, that might be the start of something something coming on there. So, um, yeah, rather impressed to see the 21 car for once uh, in the top 10. Yep. And, Blaine, uh, excuse me, Haley inside the top 10, too. That was good to see that 31 car up there. Yep, yep. Good for Haley also. Yep. Yeah. So we are going into North Wilkesboro uh, this weekend. We got the uh, truck series. Well, first, before we get into that, you mentioned, um, so we're recording this on Wednesday night. We'll hopefully put this out later on Wednesday. But um, we got the ASA National Tour you mentioned there. So that last chance already won, uh, ran earlier today. Um, the... Cars Tour Pro Late Model Race One that was um, that was won by Augie Grill. The Late Model Stock is running as we speak, and then you got the ASA National Tour after that. So a busy day down there at North Wilkesboro. It's for sure. Hey man, there's a couple things that we didn't mention off the top. Remember, this was Throwback Weekend, and even the announcers were in there. You know, uh, um, they, they all dressed up in their. Uh, throwback weekend and the cars and some of them cars man bring back some memories and uh, hey it was also mom's weekend too man it was mother's day so that was all in all just a really cool weekend with the throwback uh theme that was out there absolutely yes i hope everyone had a all the moms out there had a great mother's day uh they're fortunate to to have uh two very special actually uh three very special in my life my uh, mother-in-law as well and um grandma let's say four geez i'm losing count here uh don't forget anyone you know <laughs> call them all man otherwise you might not eat on thanksgiving that's so, right <laughs> yeah, so. hey and they brought back some of the old drivers too you know kyle and richard came in there and uh hey carl edwards came back and i i understand that he had a few things to say that were people kind of like uh gee is he interested in coming back and um, hey, good to see Ryan Newman back on the track. I mean, it ended up in a spin at the end, but good to see him back out there trying to give her. So, um, hey, man, I love the throwback weekend with him. Throwback paint jobs, man, brings back lots of good memories, man. Yeah, you know, I want to mention something there because uh, it was very cool to see Richard and Kyle Petty up there together, something that they hadn't done. Uh, Bill Elliott ended the session up there, and he had that old uh, – Evernham nine on chase was obviously running that throwback scheme. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, such a great weekend with the throwbacks. You know what I kind of realized is I miss Kyle Petty calling a race. Remember when he was back on TNT and, and helping call a race, I thought he did a phenomenal job uh, kind of miss seeing him more announcing. He has some interesting thoughts at times, Uh he he can go off tangents and he'll let you know how he feels. So uh, that part's always interesting. But the calling the race, I thought he did a phenomenal job. And also Dale Jarrett was there and he wasn't on the call, but beforehand and Dale Jarrett was another one. He was with the TNT crew and NBC. And I miss hearing him call a race too. That brought back a lot of memories and, it, and they both seemed like they could still do it at a high level. And then I also thought of like Dale Jarrett and Ned Jarrett, very, very good 
at racing. Uh, both of them, I believe, are Hall of Famers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Dale is for sure. But uh, then Ned was a Hall of Fame commentator, just like Dale was. Um, yeah. So the Jarrett family, I got thinking about, I was thinking about them during that race weekend too, and kind of missing hearing Kyle and, and Dale and Ned Jarrett. And uh, yeah, brought the schemes, all of that brought back some great memories. And and Benny, and I still, you know, when I think of, when, when I see Ned Jarrett, I think of Benny, you know, that was, and you know, with uh, Jenkins, that was the all-star team, and they'll never, never get over the top of that, mostly. I mean, Squire is really good, you know, back in the day, and Chris Economaki, I mean, we're going way back, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Jarrett's and the Petties and everybody, you know, it's, yeah, it's uh, Bill Elliott, you know, there's, there's, he's got that Southern accent, you know, it's, it's really pronounced, but uh, good to hear from him, good to be on the show. All in all, just, I love Darlington, man. That's one of my favorites. We got to go there, dude. We got to go. We have to, yes. And because you talked about going to um, the pool hall, the pool room, Dawsonville pool room, when we went to Pensacola, and I was told it's too far out of the way after we already get down there, we were talking about, oh, if we go to Darlington, it'll be much closer. So now apparently that would be the plan. So I'm going to hold you to that. And when we go, not if, when we go, we are doing both. We are doing both. We'll do it. <laughs> what you talk about, Darlington, and then go here to Cyrene. Cyrene. We'll go and we'll go there, and uh, that would be really super, man. Yeah, yeah. I that would be a whole good vacation, man. I'd remember that forever. Oh no doubt. Uh, I know I was joking about being stern there with you, but I do want to visit both of those places really bad. Yeah, for sure. So the only thing left I got uh, to talk about on my list is uh, Alex Bowman. Um, apparently, I've heard through uh, through that they're saying he uh, he ain't cleared to go yet with his neck. You know, he broke a vertebrae when he was doing some midget racing a couple weeks ago. Um, boy, I tell you what, you got to be cautious about that. It'd be something if you, you know, you get back in the car and you're racing and you know, that's got to be healed up, man. That could really cause problems if that's, you know. So Alex Bowman is still on the shelf, and it might be for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if it was for a while, although there was rumblings that maybe North Wilkesboro would be the place. Uh, personally, I wouldn't put him out there with an all-star race, so I wouldn't be surprised if he came back at Charlotte um, versus North Wilkesboro, but um, – I heard I was hearing more that he's not that far away and that he's doing good. It's just whether he's going to be cleared for North Wilkesboro or not. Yeah. And then uh, what about Kurt Bush? He uh, made some comments too. It sounds like he might be on the mend and ready to come back. You know, might find himself in that car that uh, ran at Daytona. So with uh, 23, 23, So we'll see what, what uh, happens with Kurt Bush, but that sounds optimistic too. Think about that for a second. We've seen Ryan Newman return. Carl Edwards sounds like he would be interested in returning and misses it. Uh, misses it. Um, there's just a lot of drivers out there that it sounds like might be interested in coming back. They got the itch, dude. <laughs> you go away, that itch is still there, man. They want to come back. So uh, Interesting stuff that's just kind of getting us through the middle of the season here. I don't want to throw Bowman in that group because he's out because of injury, but 
Um, yeah, some drivers that uh, you might see interested in getting back there, including Kurt Busch. So uh, we'll be interesting to see what happens. For sure, man. So, hey, yeah, I asked I asked Matt, uh, how, you know, it's been doing a long time, 16 years, and uh, you're you're starting your 15th year. Are you pumped for this year, man? Start the season out like a con tomorrow night? Absolutely, yeah. It seems like the off season, and maybe it's because we're doing this, uh, the off season gets shorter, uh, but it's still very long at the same time. So I am pumped to get back out there, see who's new in the divisions, well, how the paint scheme changes, just to see everyone. It was so great to see everyone at, on Saturday, but seeing who comes for the weekly shows is a little different sometimes. So uh, it's always great. Um, yeah, I am super pumped. I love announcing with Matt up top for the heat races, but I really enjoy doing the feature interviews and talking to the drivers that win the races and are having a good time and everyone's happy to see me. So I like to keep it that way. Uh, you don't get that everywhere. So that's pretty cool. So I am, I am super pumped. How are you feeling? Cause you're a super fan like, like us. And um, how are you feeling about getting back to Kakana weekly? Man, I felt it last Saturday already, you know, just like, Hey, we're back home here. And, uh, you know, just like you just tromp around the whole place like you own it. You know, I just love the place. I I just feel such great vibes from that place. It's weird, man. Just like, you know, I can stand up on top of the bleachers. I'm the first one there, you know, set my seat up, put my little video out, you know, and I just look over the whole just facility. There's nobody there. And I mean, it's, it's a somber memories. I mean, I've been going there. I mean, I'm going to show my age here. I mean, I've been going to that racetrack since... Oh, it's got to be like 1966. I think I was six years old back when you only had the quarter mile and the half mile. You could see the construction was there, um, that they were going to build a half mile at one time. So, and then when they did, it was a dirt track, um, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, there looked so many a lifetime of memories at that place. I just stop and just think and just like, man. What a, what a great place, man. And so we're going to start out another season tomorrow night. Um, we're going to have to get a we'll be all right out of you because we're going to chase the weather. So what do you got to say, Lauren, about that? <laughs> we'll be all right. All right. So we're going to be all right. We're just going to have to push the show a little bit along tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I love it. We're going to be back there. We're going to see so many people that um, our fraternity. That's what I kind of call it. It's a racing fraternity and everybody's level-headed out there. We all realize how much it's a people-driven sport. Um, I think that's the best thing I like about racing is just, like, how many people are involved and how they try to make a good show go on. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm ready to go. So let's get her started tomorrow night. <laughs> let's do it, man. Hey, before we uh, end, I hate uh, to cut off the good vibes from WR, but I, I feel it too. I feel so positive about this year. It just seems like the people are um, so optimistic about the season. It seems like everyone's on good terms. It's just going to be a great season, but um, we have to make our picks for North Wilkesboro. So not, not the cup though. I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So let me go back. I asked you off record, if you remembered who won the last truck race that was there in 1996 and it was a challenge i said it would be someone that you that you would never get because i don't think this driver uh raced a whole lot of trucks in his career but how about mark martin is the the last winner there in the truck series yeah mark martin so 
I I do not remember. I I remember him so much in that Win Dixie car in the Bush series, but I don't remember him in the truck. That's too too far ago. And I will uh, make note that Mark Martin is a top seventy five uh, driver. There was questions about that, and that was cleared up today. But uh, yeah, somebody came along and thought that Casey Kane's in there and Mark Martin isn't, and that was uh, that needed to get investigated, and that was taken care of. That Mark Martin is in the top seventy five. Um, why I oughta this is a that was a good uh, discussion off record I'm sorry you got me there it was but we got it it straightened out so we know everything in the world is right right now okay yeah hey uh, I I get to pick first which I haven't done in a while so that kind of feels good um (laughs) Enjoy. It works good for me in the Cup Series. All right, so have at it, big boy. Uh, I am going to go with William Byron. I just think his uh, he's racing more short tracks. He's racing a bunch down there um, this week. I like William Byron in the 51 Kyle Busch Motorsports truck. You know, it's one of, the, one of those, again, where you got to use a temporary driver because, you know, I'm trying to save the guys, and, and it just so happens that Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Larson just decides he's going to get in the 7 truck. Uh, with a Hendrick uh, sponsorship. So, you know, I'd like to take a regular there, and there's a lot of regulars you could take, but I'm going to save them for later in the year, and I'm going to give you a big dose of Kyle Larson. Yeah, uh, Alex Bowman was slated to be in that truck, but obviously cannot be. So um, Kyle Larson gets in that Spire Motorsports number seven. That's right. Uh, for the Cup Series, the last time we were at North Wilkesboro for the Cup Series, I'm going to give you two winners. So, Terry Labonte won the spring race in 1996. And, and he won his, the championship that year, 96. Yeah, that okay. is correct. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I talked about this on the last podcast. It was the silver number five that he was running that season. Uh, unless that was the year before that, but I remember that silver one winning at yep. for some yep. reason. You're right. You're right. And then his uh, teammate, Jeff Gordon, won the last Cup Series race was there. So Hendrick swept the North Wilkesboro races in 1996. Yep. Okay. So Hendrick was pumping them out back in 96, and they're, <laughs> they're still doing it in 23. <laughs> yes, they are. Amazing. Well, um, you go first, buddy. So I get to wreck somebody else's. Well, this one ain't no for no points, so it's all out. And I'll tell you what, when we go to the dirt, who won the first race? Who went to the L.A. Coliseum? Who won the first race? So we're going to Wilkesboro. Who's going to win the first race? I'm going to throw you some Joey Logano. That's my thinking behind this weekend. Yeah, that's a good pick. I thought about him as well, um, but I used him once already, and I didn't want to use him again this early. So um, I am going to pick. I gave a lot of thought to Truex with him run uh, running well and winning the at the Coliseum to start the season. But I'm going to go with a guy who has run pretty well in the short tracks this year, and he's going to be in a different car number than he is usually in. I am going to go with Kevin Harvick in the throwback number 29 car to make a phenomenal story about the I just, I just scratched the four. I had four written on the paper because you told me that. I said, oh, that's right. He's in the iconic 29 car. Um, 
Wow, man, that 29 car brings back some memories. And, you know, when they won that race by one inch over in Atlanta and they pulled that out and everybody gave the three fingers, man. Um, I think there was some um, internal intervention that day. And I think everybody just kind of didn't realize that Kevin Harvick was going to pull something off that fast. And, man, that was an emotional win. And I still remember that, man. That's, what, 22 years ago, man. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. So I, uh, you know, uh, most people listening to this probably know, I was a big Earnhardt fan. Um, I was, a, I don't know how I ever got turned on to him because I was a kid. And to be honest with you, I was such a big fan when he wasn't winning all those races that he won year, you know, years ago. Cause I was, I was, I wasn't that old when he passed away. So um, I don't know how I ever became a fan of him, but I really truly did love him. It still runs through me to this day. I remember c- crying. I was 10 years old when he passed. I was 10 years old when Kevin Harvick won. I was almost 11 when junior won at Daytona at the return. So I was a month away from being 11. Uh, at that race, but that is a win that will always stick out in my mind. That was a car that I had to buy and I got autographed by Kevin Harvick when he came up here in 2007. That was the first item I thought of. I said, I'm bringing it. And uh, I had to get VIP to get that signed because that moment is so special to me being an Earnhardt fan and such an emotional win. And I still shed a tear when I watched that one. And then, um, the one where it kind of finished off the starting healing process was when junior won when they went back to Daytona. But um, that car, that 29 car this weekend is sharp. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to oh, see yeah. you around the track. It brings up such a great memory. Um, it's going to be cool seeing that thing go around. Watch your intervention will kick in and he'll win that race on it. Cause you picked them. But, uh, you know, when it came to Earnhardt Sr., he was just a little bit too much Chevy for me. You know, I was a Bill Elliott fan, and and I loved Cale Yarbrough, and he was in the Fords. And, and if you want to go before that, how about David Pearson? You know, he might have had a Mercury in there, but that was part of the Ford division too. So I think maybe sometimes Earnhardt bent me the wrong way being a Chevy guy. You know, everybody knows I'm a Ford guy, but uh, – um, so be it. Hey, North Wilkesboro, man, is back on the map. Um, just love it. Um, let, let's see what kind of show it puts out. I have a feeling by the time we're done with the All-Star Week, they're going to say that one's got to be on the schedule next year for points. And, and I think we're going to see that. Yeah, the place looks awesome. I'm glad they brought it back. I'm glad there's a bunch of racing down there. I'm glad they had some racing the last year, too. Um it's it's so cool to thought like I just anytime you ever thought about Wilkesboro it was nope there's no way I mean there's weeds and all that and um, the whole team that was involved in that Ju- junior should get a lot of credit for trying to clean that place up to have it scanned but there is more people who said okay now that this, this could be a real possibility behind the scenes so uh, all the people involved there how cool that's quickly becoming a bucket list item as well so if hey how about this Darlington was last weekend and Wilkesboro's this weekend. Maybe we could do like a two weekend kind of, all right, let's go to Darlington. Wow. I'm sure our family would sure enjoy seeing us gone for a little while. huh? Maybe they can Mm -hmm. come. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna pop races, racetracks like that too, and make comebacks, how about Nashville? You know, um, um, they're talking about there. They've got the city, the state behind that. That might be happening. Hey, how about Milwaukee? I mean, you know, slowly Milwaukee, slowly inching back. You know, and people are starting to get back to their roots. Um, you know, the IndyCar coming back to Milwaukee is just like it's it's out there. It's a rumor. Um, hey, these old racetracks, bring them back, man. And uh, at Indy, we'd like to see them back on the oval. You know, um, I would. Um, so maybe we're going to take a step back here and see exactly what we got, man, and see where it goes. Yeah, that would be so nice. I would love to see, uh, you know, Milwaukee has a lot of momentum right now. You can kind of just feel it with there's IndyCar talk. It seems like it's inching closer to the – finish line of that happening you got the trucks back uh i'm worried about nashville though and that's why i was asking those questions at the milwaukee mile press conference because it seems like nashville it just seems like they can't get across the finish line with that ever and now they're building apartments right there i i don't when nashville is one of those where i am not holding my breath and, and you know rocking rockingham comes to mind but we tried yeah. that it didn't work the greatest so i don't know if that will ever be a possibility again unfortunately the you know we're fans but it's hard for us to travel that far it just was good the first year okay the second year and then kind of fell the third year and they stopped going back so that would be a cool track um if they were to get it back but i don't know if that's a possibility but yeah so i i agree with you going back to the indy oval let's get back on the oval maybe the new car can provide some better racing there too so you've seen that on the mile and a half have been really good with this new car. So maybe that plays a factor too. So yeah, some momentum with some of these new tracks and, and older tracks coming back. And uh, it's exciting to think about. It'd be nice if they could build some more racetracks. You don't see too much of people going out and building brand new, brand new facilities. Um, and where, I mean, we're talking about doing street course racing now and, you know that that's a sore spot still. You know we're gonna we're uh, we'll be optimistic of what's going to happen in Chicago, but you know if that's a big hit and that just I mean makes a big time, well then all the big cities are going to want that. Um, I don't know if that direction goes that way. You and I are we, we're a grassroots short track racing, and also I think that's why we're pumped about North Wilkesboro's and you know out in California they're building a short track. You know so um, the short tracks. Um, as where it's at, we, it's always has been. Um, let's see where it goes, man. We'll see where it happens. Yep, absolutely. I think uh, that's probably a good place to, to end it with some excitement and some talk about old times and all that. So, uh, Saturday for- night, Saturday night's the truck race this week. So, you know, so then we'll be able to see that. And then, yeah, the uh, all star race. Um, later in the day, I think at like 4.30 later in the day, and it, it'll make a run at it. Um, weather looks good down there. So, um, yeah, that place is going to bring back a lot of memories, man, seeing North Wilkesboro. Yeah, they're going to have the Open uh, before that at some point. So um, let's see here. The They separate it. So uh, 4.30 will be the Open on Sunday, and then the all-star race will start at 7 o'clock. Yeah, and that's all on FS1, isn't it? I believe so. 
But anyway, it's yes, there's a good entertainment. There's your racing, man. That should be a good one. Yep, FS, FS1 there. And actually, uh, Wilkesboro for the truck series is at 1230. So it's still an afternoon race out there. 1230 on FS1. Oh, I thought that was a, a later race in the day. So, okay, good, good, uh, good checking that out, Lauren, there. Yep. So uh, I'm glad I got the okay for you on the weather, though, because I always wonder how the weather is at these tracks. So um, good to go. But yeah, let's uh, let's end it there. Uh, some good discussions there, reminiscing of good times. So good stuff there. And um, thanks for doing this with me all the time, Mark, and traveling to the tracks and getting some good content. And thanks everyone for listening. And hey, we'll see you real soon and talk to you real soon because we'll see you tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt Panier, for coming on board. And uh, we'll see him and we'll see you and everybody else to support that local racetrack out there. We need you out there to support it. So we will see you out there tomorrow night for sure, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. See ya. See ya. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.